Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey to the hey to the hey hey hey, <laughs> it's me, the Chiefy Hey Hey Shoes. <laughs> and it's me, Hey Agnostic Haiti, Diagnostic Haiti, Chris McLeod from the Four Force. And this show, how you doing buddy? It sure is. Yes I am, I'm very well, high energy today. Oh good. the motto of good. this week's episode. High energy, hey hey energy. Yeah, what you been up to? <laughs> energy. Yeah, I energy. have been, <laughs> I have been... Uh, I've been up to that is a no do you know what this is the one part of the show I do not prep for because I always I've actually I've, I've actually prepped for the whole show this time in advance incredible incredible I have been scampering to find a beverage for the show because oh, I was only told the other day that we're recording Monday because you can't do oh, yeah. any other days in the universe standard short notice chief they call me <laughs> So yeah, just to keep this segment pretty pretty quick, I haven't been up to much. I've just been like basically just do you know again working and and doing podcasts and stuff like that. So yeah, yep. very little for me okay. in that sense. How All about right. you? Not too bad. Uh, today I actually bumped into Peter Crouch. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Anyone across the pond will not know who he is. He is a footballer, a soccer player who's played for many clubs. He's played for a lot of clubs actually. I think Liverpool is probably his biggest club he played for, or England probably. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, England. He did a robot. Uh, just basically Google ro- uh, Peter Crouch robot, and he does a robot celebration when he scores a goal. Where I work is opposite, opposite the BT Sport building, who are a big um, cool. BT Sport is a big sports channel or it's a series of channels and, and media stuff, and sports media stuff. And yeah, he was getting off um, the bus from Stratford in there, which is the bus that we all get to our office and. I was like, oh, wait a minute, who's this lanky, skinny guy? It's Peter Crouch. I was like, oi, Crouchy, stop where you are, I'm taking a selfie. And um, I don't think I did. Was he nice? I think I I actually said, oh, excuse me, Mr. Crouch, would you mind ever so much if I took a photo of me and you together? Um, Yeah, no, he's a top guy. He's a top guy. I think he was actually going to the BT Sport to record his podcast. uh, Oh, cool. he's He's got a very good podcast. Talking Joe. Worth worth listening to. What I should have done is said, "Hey, fancy teaming up tonight with me and my buddy Chris, and uh, we'll we'll do a crossover pod." But I forgot. So next time I see Crouchy, I'll ask him. Totally. We need to get Crouchy on the show. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out if he's a GI Joe uh, fan. (laughs) Could Um, you imagine? Could you imagine if he's like a massive Joe fanatic, like Action Force, early doors Action Force scenario, like massive fan? That would be hilarious. Unbelievable, Jeff. It's unbelievable, Jeff. It's unbelievable, yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah, I've not been doing much. Uh, I have just when I got home from work, I just had a delivery of comics. I've got Thor sixteen, which I think is the last issue of Thor, and then it's going on to King Thor, something like that. I've got Superman fourteen, a picture of Crypto on the cover. I've got Batman Curse of the White Knight issue two. I've got Spider Man Life Story issue six. I am a massive non-spider-man fan i hate that dude really yeah re- absolutely no time for spider-man however i've bought this i've tried to duck into spider-man comics over the years with no success just don't get him but i bought this six issue miniseries it's called life story it's written by chip zadarsky who is a great writer and it's drawn by mark bagley who yeah. drew like a hundred plus issues of ultimate spider-man and also drew the regular amazing spider-man back in the 90s yeah but anyway they've done this series called life story six parts so part six is the apostrophe tens 
Then part five was the noughties, part four was the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. Issue one was the 60s, effectively. I haven't read any yet. I've been saving all up six up to read it in one go. So each one is a decade in the life of Spider-Man. So supposed to be good. So I'm actually going to give that a go. And the last one I've got is uh, Justice League issue 30. Speaking of Spider-Man, yeah. a lot of the love and hate kind of thing with certain characters is, is kind of experiences you have as a kid with them. And uh, like I... Think, I yeah. I'm not like a, like you say. I'm not like a massive Spider-Man fan. I do. I, I don't hate him as much as you do. I um. But my, one of my first comics um was well, it wasn't one of my first comics, but one of my early memories as a kid. My um half brother David. We weren't on speaking terms for many years because he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Okay. And he only came back into our lives. He was, he was my dad's son from a different marriage. Right. And um, so, like, I, I as a kid, he was, he was a lot older than me. And I used to look up to him. And he was a really good artist. And he, used to, he was massive into comics. And he gave me one to five of the Spider-Man McFarlane Torment series. Yep. And that, like, I've kept them ever since, and they've just been like that, that early, I don't know, kind of exposure to that Spider-Man story, just as always, I've always just been like enamoured with with it for that reason. So I just, yeah, big shout out to David, my uh, long lost but now returned half-brother. Speaking, quickly speaking of David slash Dave, I want to give a shout out to Dave from, uh, he's uh, a fan of the show, Dave Reese, a uh, member of the um, Facebook group, and he's offered to send me some Golden Wonder curry sauce <laughs> chips, uh, crisps, sorry. Yeah, big shout out to Dave. He's a massive fan. He's too close. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he <laughs> told me that they were in Lidl, so I went around two Lidls, went to another one today, couldn't find them, so I'm going to hit him up, give him my address, and he's going to send me a care package. Oh, um, Dave's curry, lovely. Curry he's crisps. really really nice guy and he 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 was on our episode of we did a special go go bots uh tom scioli go bots two-parter and he jumped on and and helped with that so big shout out to dave he's a yeah yeah, he's a he's a full force fan and a talking joe fan yeah top man top man so anyway just very very quickly talking about spider-man that issue i think the issue one of that mcfarland spider-man was the first comic to maybe sell a million copies, I think. It was wow. about 1990 or 90... I think it was 90, possibly. Yeah. And then X-Force possibly oversold it. And then I think about like 5 million. And then I think... I could be making these numbers up. Then I think X-Men number one in 1992 sold something like 8 million. Wow, that was like when, that. that's when the comics industry was strong, man. I'm that was the you. boom period. And then, you know, you had to be selling half a million in general to get to the number one... Uh, each month, number one book each month, and I think now it's you sell a hundred thousand copies. I know um, it's really low now. Like, well, that is print. I mean, and the digital digital numbers aren't attached to that. But I mean, I don't. Know I don't think how they're that the massive though. Is. Like, I, I think if you look at Joe, like the current IDW comics, there, you know, Larry, who's on like the ID, the Real American Hero uh, titles and stuff, that's yeah. hitting like at the most seven thousand, at the very most. For the most part, it's just under that in terms of print and he's but like i think he's just on the cusp of being profitable and obviously they'll they'll always keep him around on it yeah because it's the he's always the highest selling joe book it's just right yeah crazy isn't it i mean i think it used i don't know what the numbers are now but it always used to be kind of the late 90s maybe not late 90s maybe 10 years ago if a marvel or dc book was selling under like twenty five thousand, yeah it was done then it's cancelled yeah it's but quite sad, go. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a 
big, not disconnect, but over-assumption that suddenly went, Marvel especially, produced these billion-dollar blockbuster movies that all those people are then going to flood to the comic shops and buy comics. Yeah, but that, clear, yeah. that just was never going to happen. No. And Marvel, and to, to an extent DC, started changing the characters in their comics to more resemble yeah. the look and feel of the movies. And again, I don't think that's what necessarily what comic book readers wanted but yeah it's 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 but you're right though the people talk about all the time about the you know the kind of the boom of of streaming media and how easy it is to kind of get this that and the other and it's true like kids will always default to the phone or the pad or the the laptop for that kind of entertainment they're not gonna they're not necessarily gonna go out there and get a physical comic book necessarily you know it's just yeah it's and just that's other, how it is nowadays. The other thing, the other thing is, you buy a video game for whatever you know, forty quid or whatever. You are probably, and it's in a big open world one. You play it for forty hours. You're paying, you know, a pound an hour, yeah, uh, which is a good entertainment value. You buy a comic book that you know these books I bought here. So this is, let me have a look here. This is Justice League. This is a four dollar ninety nine book, and I think I probably paid. I don't know, £3.50 for it, maybe. Yeah. And I'll probably read that in, you know, 20 minutes, if 15 that. minutes. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah, they're, it's like 15, they're incredibly, yeah. incredibly poor value for money, potential value for ent- entertainment value per buck, potentially. Well, they can't be that bad, otherwise I wouldn't buy them and other people wouldn't buy them. But it's, it's, yeah, but have it's you noticed expensive the, for what they are. The trend in buying trades has gone up massively because of that binge mentality. Like yeah. the the just I'm not because I, I don't think it was as big back in the day. I know a lot of people had trades, but for the most part, I would buy comics ahead of trades unless I missed out on something like for the first three or four issues, and if yeah. it was difficult to get back issues of. So then I would be like. You know, I'll get a trade then if I if it was stayed on my radar or if it appeared in like Waterstones or friggin' yep. whatever the bookstore was that was was shifting graphic novels at the time, yeah. Yeah. and um, I I just used air quotes. Uh, really good on an audio podcast. Yeah. Um, also, I'm quite glad no one saw it because I hate that more than anything. Um, and yeah, and so like that that binge mentality has really been like exposed, not exposed, but really kind of. Uh, reinforced with Netflix and um, all these like streaming services, Hulu and what have you, yeah. who just like, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to watch one episode of a show. I want to watch 50 episodes of a show. And and the other thing is, I think that's where digital comes in because digital has a lot of sales, comicsology a lot of the time where you can buy, you know, issues at 69p or yeah. 69 cents or whatever. Yeah. So you can then, oh, I'll get all 20 issues. Yeah. And the other thing is, what used to happen back in the day is, You'd have a six-issue or ten-issue series, mini-series or whatever, and it would take six... After that last issue drops, it would be six months to nine months until the trade dropped. Yeah. Now what happens is that six-issue mini-series, on month seven, that's when the trade drops. So it's issue yeah. one, one issue a month, and then on that seventh month, you don't have to, you, the trade hits then straight away. So it, it encourages people to say, oh, look, I'll just wait an extra... For, instead of getting all the singles, yeah. wait yeah. one month and get the trade. At a cheaper value per... At a cheaper cost yes. per issue. Yes, and more entertainment value, yeah. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm not saying that this... We should be playing that... Um, 
that music that kind of northern music in the background they always play for like when I were a lad, uh, like a Hovis advert music. Oh, but like uh, summer, what is it? This, what's yeah, the da, 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 yeah. Da, 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 that one. But I know you're thinking of the last of the last summer of wine. Summer yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. Well, I'll play that in the background anyway. I love that Hovis advert where he's pushing the bike, the up, bike the hill. up the hill. Yes, exactly. So uh, I feel like I'm, I'm not saying that necessarily because I am just as bad. I don't get trades necessarily. I still, I think, I'm buying comics more out of the uh, not habit but like the nostalgic kind of um, enjoyment out of that and like following a story over a period of time and seeing it like evolve and not knowing what's going to be happening and I like that feeling and but I still I do enjoy you know rinsing through a trade every now and again if I do bother with it but I'm just as bad when it comes to like Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff I've fallen into that trap of you know I did it last night I think I watched the entire first si- season of six which was like this the first na- six seasons first season of this oh. epi- of this series called six so um, yeah I didn't, I'm not that bad um, but it was like this Navy SEAL team six kind of thing that was on the History Channel and they back. have that they have that oh okay on the history channel but Netflix and Now TV and all those for Amazon Prime they have that clever little thing where it says next episode will start in, in four three seconds, seconds. yeah, yeah. And, and my <laughs> Xbox no controller's already turned off by then so yeah. by the time I turn it on again to stop it it's already playing I'm like well yeah. I'm here now <laughs> um, we've made a massive massive error I'm well, not, we, like we, biblical we, proportions is it we beverages? we have done we've done 13 minutes of talking and we've not even discussed beverages go on then get in there beverage for the show do, 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 do. beverage for the show do, 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 do. now I am gonna go do, do, and drink my beverage for the show <laughs> so today I have a, I don't know if this is a, a brand that's in the US. Rubicon? Uh, I don't think it... I, don't, I haven't seen it in the States. Okay. It might be. R-U, it might be. R-U-B-I-C-O-N. It's a sparkling. It's a can of soda pop. 330 mils. Standard UK size. <laughs> uh, I'll be the description. Sparkling lychee juice soft drink. Nice. Sparkling lychee. Let's give it a go. 69p. I have had Rubicon before. Yeah. I've, not, I, I've had Rubicon, but like tropical. They do a lot of tropical flavours, but I've never yeah. had the lychee. Uh, let's have a go. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember what a lychee tastes like. Now I've had this, I can remember. It tastes like this. <laughs> um, so yeah, very good. I've actually, Brilliant. I've actually come prepared here because I've literally just come back straight from work. Uh, so I got, I also got a couple of plums. Ooh. Uh, Don't we yellow all? Pl- I've got a yellow plum. Ooh, Go to the doctor that, then, mate, in that case. That, that, came into the, that came in the organic fruit box. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Again, you should complain to the store for them doing that. But the, um, <laughs> and, then, and then I've also got a bag of Walker's Max Strong Wasabi Flavor Ridge Crisps. It's just, you are literally beveraging and snacking for the show, aren't you? Oh, mate, they are off the hook. Off the chisane. They are well good. What have you got, my friend? Uh, well, uh, again, given very short notice, what I usually <laughs> do and what I have been doing for the last few weeks is uh, on a Monday, I've been going out to the grocery store in Columbia, which is about 30, 25, 25 minutes away, drive-wise. Just to get a beverage. Just to get... Well, well Man, to, you to, love to get, this show. To get groceries. Uh, but then also I'll be like, right, because I know I'm doing this tomorrow, uh, let's get a beverage for the show. And then you drop it on me yesterday that we're doing it 
uh, we, we have to do it earlier. And so, okay, fair enough. So I'll just go to the corner sh- store, the Casey's General around the corner, see what they have. Shout Hopped out. around there. And it was it was Slim Pickens, the blues guitarist, to say the least. So I had in my hand for a few moments a Cherry Dr. Pepper, which I haven't Ooh. had in the past. I've never had a Cherry Dr. Pepper, I don't think. No, me neither. So, I've seen them in the UK. Uh, but as I was as I was go as I was moving away to get that, I caught in the um, in the corner of my eye something that is a bit standard and basic, but I hadn't had it yet, and I knew for a fact I hadn't had it yet. It was Coca Cola Orange Vanilla. So I what thought the deuce. You know what? I'm going to try that out. So I I just figured it was quite a standard issue flavor. By the sound of your reaction, I don't think it is. So I'm going to open this bad boy. It's a twisty cop, twisty cop, a twisty yep. cap. Plastic bottle. Oh, nice. Wouldn't be allowed in my house. I know. Uh, let's let's give it a little taste. Quick question. Uh, before you tell me uh, that, we know that the hmm. standardised US... <laughs> yeah, that is a good beverage. We know the standardised US can size is bigger than the UK size. What's the millage on your bottle there? UK, that would be a 500 mil. What are you Ooh, rocking there? 591. Yeah, always got to do one thing bigger, haven't you? 20 case. fluid ounces, 1.25 pints, 591 mils. Yeah, more for your buck. More bang for your dollar? No, that's not right. Um, no. But yeah, so it, it tastes yeah, exactly on. as you'd expect it to taste. It's got t- shades of vanilla, shades of orange, and it's Coke. There you go. It's nice, it's nice. Beverages for the show. Plus, I sucked my plums in the end because they were so soft. <laughs> Um, they were. There are going to be so many cartoon boings in this episode. <laughs> yeah, we're in a good mood all round. We've got good beverages. It can only mean one thing. we got to go inside Chief's mind. Ah! People. No, it's actually not people this week. Holy moly. Actually, it probably could be people. You're just so used to saying that first. Yeah. People. I'm going to say it. Pete, right. What? Deep breath. In what do you call in the states? Like a, in the UK, we call it a rucksack, which is i.e. a bag that goes on your back, mm-hmm. backpack. A is backpack. Called a rucksack. Uh, I think it's called a backpack. It's called a backpack. Okay, so one of them. And then obviously you've got your zip on the big main pocket. Yeah. Now bags that the main pocket, like your suitcase, that has two zips. Right. So not two separate pockets. You know what I mean? Two zips on the same zip line. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. With me? Yeah. So it's kind of like they people. meet up in the middle kind of job. Yeah. 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 People. To design those bags with two zips. I'll tell you why. I was going to say the ba- I was going to say what's annoying me is bags with two zips, but it's the people who design the bags with two zips. <laughs> so at the weekend, I'm going out to Nuneaton in the middle of the it's the Midlands of the UK for a big board gaming session over the weekend, and I'm literally rammed up, jammed up with bags. I have got one on my back, one on my front, one in each hand, just carrying board games. So I'm going through London Bridge, <laughs> going through London Bridge, uh, headphones in, listening to the Full Force podcast. Oh, you someone, good man, you good someone, man. Someone comes and taps me on the shoulder. So I'm like pissed off straight away because I've got to pause it. So I paused it. He's like, here you go. He's handed me a pair of pants. And when I say pants, I mean underwear for you people in the United States. Why? Because they're my pants because they've fallen out of my rucksack. <laughs> because my rucksack was so full... I the zips so the, okay so the zips I had zipped each side up so the zips met at the top yeah. of the rucksack yeah and my bag was so full as I was walking those zips slowly walked themselves down oh mate and 
Then, the next day, I'm at my mate's house. I'm like, right, I'll have a shower and get changed for the next day. Couldn't find my socks or my T-shirt. My favourite Jaws T-shirt. My favourite socks. So what's happened is, I've just left a trail of clothes through London Bridge train station. That uh, is hilariously sad. So... Why are you putting two zips on a bag? If there's one zip, it can go all the way round to the bottom on the other side and you don't get this problem. That's crazy. So stop designing bags with two zips when it's not required. Why do you need two zips? What advantage does that give you? This is also going to upset you, but you could always zip one all the way down and then zip the other one all the way across. Okay, we're not about getting on Chief's case right now. Maybe, I think that's been, I've done an inside Chief's mind before where I was at fault, but I'm not been on this show twice. So, yes, I could have done. I feel so bad for you, had that idiotic designer not put two zips in the first place, wouldn't have happened. No, I agree. It's uh, it's an odd choice. Uh, mm. I, I suppose it's one of those things... Well, I'm not going to get into why they do it, but I'm I'm with you. I'm One zip is enough, surely. Thank you to the man who handed my pants back, though. Yeah, good man. But he stole your, man. He saw your socks and your <laughs> He's shirt. He's like, bloody hell, this is a nice T-shirt and socks. I'll have them. He wasn't wearing any socks at the time. Basically, you just clothed yeah. the homeless man, and he's like, I'm not having these pants. He can have them. I might be homeless, but I'm not disgusting. That's probably what happened. Segwaying um, into some comic talk, because last week we talked about the war in Trusiobismia, and now we have got some semi kind of follow up. Anyway, it's issues 116, 117, and 118. It's time for comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hama writes them. Sheep and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Oh, and that's where I put the audio. Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I like it. I like how you. I like double, how you're I working. I bluffed today. you. I bluffed you early. Yeah. Well, at least I know now for when I'm editing this that <laughs> hang on, hold your horses, McLeod. There's a whole segment going on here before he introduces the the music. <laughs> right. This is a three-parter. It's called Destro Search and Destroy. What's funny about three-parter? Nothing. I'm just I'm laughing at the previous conversation we've just had. That you're editing out. <laughs> Having none of. No, I'm kidding. That's all staying in. So, yes, issue one. Uh, what do you think of this cover? I think this is Michael Golden back on covers. The very X-Men vibe of this one. Yeah, it is kind of, actually. Like it looks like that. Future Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Wolverine and... Was it... Who is it? Uh, Kitty or... Kitty, is it Kitty? I think it's Kitty. Yeah, Kitty, yeah. yeah. Very yeah, right. shades so, of that. So he's there in his old battle togs and poster in the background, wanted Destro, dead, and I presume it says, or alive. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know. Dead or but a they cat. run out of space, yeah. De- yeah. <laughs> um, dead or not not dead. dead. Issue 117. It probably says deal or no deal at the bottom, and they just borrowed it from a previous poster, but carry on. Yeah. Issue 117, Destro and some Joes busting through a wall with Baroness. This does not happen in the comic. No. I don't think, does it? No. Oh, maybe. Does no, it? They don't bust through a wall. They're not, like, they're not the Kool-Aid guy, are it's they? A, it's, a di- it's a dynamic cover. You know? yeah, I, yeah. I've got no problem with that cover. And then I, I really like this one on 118. Even though Cobra Commander is wearing an outfit he is not wearing in this storyline... And he never goes one-on-one with Destro. Yeah. So nothing of this story, apart from Destro being in that outfit, yeah. it takes place in any of these issues. But just as an image, I really like it. Same as yeah. A lot of movement going on. And uh, you took, you took my, my favourite complaint away from me that I'd use on pretty much any cover. It's like, it's not in the issue. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. Also, interestingly, here we get Rod Wiggum back on pencils for this. Wiggle, arc now. wiggle. Yeah, wiggle, wiggle. Obviously, one of the greatest GI Joe. Well, I think probably my favourite. Uh, I think because mainly he did 
if I look at my G.I. Joe ranking list, most of my favourites are from his art, but uh, he does a, a bang-up job on his return. Obviously scripted by Larry Harmer, Randy Emlins on inks, Rick Parker's on letters, Bob Shireen on colours. In fact, this I seem to be reading out the same names. It's credit to the book that the letterist, colourist you know, and inkers have pretty much stayed regular for, for a long yeah. time, which is yeah. nice to see. They were probably doing, like, multiple jobs throughout, weren't they? Like... That they were probably just like the in-house like guys that are just doing it all the time. Yep, yep, exactly. So what we got here, we got a storyline where Cobra Commander has put out a contract on Destro's head of twenty million. I think it is dead or not dead, dead or not dead, and yeah, it, 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 uh, all the scum of the galaxy, uh, the hive <laughs> of scum and villainy from the cantina, come out to get him. And he teams up with the Joes, and it's a story that actually, we've said it before, we'll come to it at the end, we've said it before where Larry used to like to wrap up stories very quickly over two or one page. Panel. This one actually, this one wraps up in one panel. Yeah. Impressive. It's very funny. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> Most impressive. The whole thing kicks off, though, inside... The landlocked Chief freighter. Smart. Oh, sorry. Right, yeah. <laughs> that would be a scary story. <laughs> Maybe I could write, get Larry to write a G.I. Joe story set in my mind. And it'll be all in the freighter. Speaking, actually, speaking of minds, we do get in this storyline an explanation of how the brainwave scanner works. Yeah, we do. And that's something I was going to bring up with you when we got to it. But yeah, no, totally. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Our preconceptions of you know them using all this other stuff, it, they probably do in that. And I think I agree with what Chad said when we were discussing it with him. And yeah. that... He thinks it it's util- or it utilizes it's lots of different ways, yeah. And this is just this one that they're talking about in here is one where it's recreating that thing in their mind, and it's all in the mind at that point. But yeah, yeah, I would talk, we can talk about that a bit when we get to it. Um, something but- something I have to say in yep. this at this stage, we we do see a lot of in this three parter. There's a real attempt to shoehorn in as many of the new looks, new figures that were out at the time into the story as possible. And And Cobra Commander, out of nowhere, is rocking his version for Get Up. And it is just... Like, this figure, for me... Um, I actually did a video with Analog Toys Tony. If you've ever yep. spoken to Tony, he's br- if you've ever watched any of his videos, he's brilliant. The guy does amazing YouTube videos. Vintage Toys, he's, he's brilliant. I love him. And we did this kind of like crossover thing where he asked me to help on a Cobra Convergence video he was doing, which okay. was a top 10 Cobra characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was uh, I was kind of on my mission was to pick the one of the worst Cobra characters that ever came out in the vintage 82 to 94 line. And I yep. chose this character because I, I don't necessarily dislike a lot of figures. Like I, Some of them are a little less interesting than others, but for the most part, I get a lot of joy and, and, and I love a lot of the figures, even if they are, you know, considered in, on, the, on the whole to be kind of sh- I really do like them, and I found this really hard, this this choice. But Cobra Commander stood out to me, this version 4, because it was so... I want to say, like, the figure was so disproportioned, it just didn't look right. And the helmet... Like, the way they do it in here looks a bit better, because they've almost, like, the, 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 the face guard on the toy is, like, in two parts, but it's all red. But what they did right. on this is they painted that top kind of almost point that goes down to where the nose would be. They painted that gold as well, so I think he looks even. He actually looks better in the comic 
than he did in the toy. But anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd completely it's, railroad that entire segment. It, it is strange because you turn the page, you know, first of all, it's like, look at this clown sitting on a throne. Oh my God, that's Cobra Commander. If yeah, you were seeing it for weird. the first time, it's, I don't like it at all. The, the helmet is kind of Nazi stormtrooper by, by way of Darth Vader-ish helmet kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work at all. I mean, you could say that about his, you know, regular helmet. But I don't know. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me at all, this one. Who are the two guys standing next to him with, like, the jewel? Oh, they're Crimson Guard Immortals. There's, a, there's another, I think they're the first, that's the first appearance maybe of these guys. Okay. I don't think they really show up much in the comic so no they, that's the first i think that's the only time you see them but even going forward i don't think we see much of them either probably not this was definitely an attempt at throwing as many new designs new characters new toys into the lineup as possible which we'll get to in a second as well and we also see a great shot here of the aspids don't we like yeah yeah i mean he rod's doing a bang-up job here the coloring's really good as well also i i think i think this may be and correct me if i'm wrong because you you would obviously have seen them beforehand but i don't remember in the, the issues we've looked at of seeing yeah. the hurricane yet have we seen the hurricane yet uh we did see it in the last storyline from the last episode i very don't briefly, think i mentioned very briefly it was flying through trucia bismia okay i don't think i mentioned at the time when we when we talked about that because that, that's something i wanted to mention is i never saw the hurricane as a cobra vehicle when i look at it it just doesn't strike me even the blue is a little bit lighter than the cobra blue do you know what yeah. i mean like and i kind of feel like the hurricane would have been a could have been a Joe vehicle, and nobody would have batted an eyelid. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, here on that third panel of that page where it is, the camera actually has Sony branded on it. You know, normally you'd have something like phony, or you see. Oh that? God, yes. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah. sorry. I was I was I was ahead of you. Oh yes. Oh my. Very word. unusual. It does. Very That's unusual imp- for impressive. a comic to to actually put a licensed product name. Yeah, I um, think that was done not by accident, but they just put it on there, and then it went out, and no one noticed, so it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple of couple of things I do like over these pages. I do like Cobra Commander's dialogue. I mean, this there's a lot of comedy in these three issues. Yeah, kind of parody ish of it's of a light pantomime story. There's, there's a lot yeah. of pantomime villainry. Yeah, because straight away. The, you know, the, the Tele Viper has said, oh, look, Billy and Zartan have definitely confirmed their bodies are not here. Yeah. And Cobra Commander is, this will not do. This is spoiling my day. I wanted to get in some prime, uninterrupted gloating time. <laughs> what does that actually entail? What I does think, that mean? I think that's just code for he wants to have a but there's too many right. people knocking about. Got it. So we, he can't knock one off <laughs> people knocking about. And then the other thing <laughs> I like is this was reminiscent of long time back where he's having a board meeting and you think, oh, where's this happening? And it turns out it's in the back of an 18-wheel truck. Yes. And so he is here. Oh, where's he doing? This is his palace. Oh, no, it's actually in... In an aspid. Heli- yeah. It's in the aspid, yeah, which I thought was a nice little callback almost. It's kind of... It's carrying a tankers, aren't they? Those containers that you see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're almost like rehousing a mobile home, in a sense, aren't That's they? It, yeah. But yeah. More, more, yeah. more classic Cobra Commander dialogue. Taking people's money away isn't half as satisfying as making them suffer. <laughs> yeah, because like Tomax and Zaymark saying, ah, oh, cheer up, calm down, you know, look at all the money we made from selling back that, you know, the benzene guy, his uh, his little country. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and he's like, who gives a shit? And kicks it all out of the, I mean, yeah. kicks it out of the door. It's like, oh man. I've got an advert here. For a uh, Game Boy game. Okay. Right, can you guess 
Probably not. C crime. The stench is everywhere. But now... Bad guy's name. And his band of drug lords will be taught a lesson in justice. This guy's style. There's nowhere for them to hide. Packing his M60 machine gun, nitro-charged grenades and heat-seeking rockets. This guy. Will hunt them down from the urban New York jungle to the voodoo-infested wilds of South America. Destroying everything evil in his sight. With... Another guy. At his side, hundreds of enemies will be given the ultimate payback. Not a clue. The game by acclaim. Uh, if I tell you the bad guy, but now Jigsaw and his band of drug lords. Oh, oh, Punisher? Yes, yes, there you go. The Punisher. Awesome, awesome. Cool, actually, subtitle The Punisher, subtitle The Ultimate Payback. Awesome. And oh. the guy who was helping him with Spider-Man at his side. Lols, your favourite. Yeah, my favourite. Um, right, next page. Interestingly, we get some very, very... Dick Van Dykish accents here from Big Ben. Oh, can we talk about before we get to Big Ben because I think that's a really good one to talk about. Just before that, when we see Destro and the Baroness. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. They're convalescing. They're they're happy that he's given up his his life of arms dealing. She's given up a life of uh, terrorism. Now they say something that I just think is really funny in this when they're talking like you know, oh look, there's a friggin' thing, a uh, housing development being built over there again, and I'm just thinking. Oh my god, if that's not the most obvious f thing ever as well. Oh, do you mean the Malaprop Gardens, reasonable Ex homes for reasonable people? Exactly. <laughs> and and they're kind of talking... But one of the things that I have to... Well, there's a few things I have to talk about here. One, we see Destro without his mask again, and yep. it's getting to the point now where there's just zero mystery about this character, right? Like, none at all. And that is where I think the Action Force comics were so much more interesting for me because Destro always regained that <laughs> that mystery. <laughs> that, he always regained that mystery. And the same with Snake Eyes. When we talked about that in the Action Force comics, when they get the opportunity to show his face, you don't see it. You know, I yeah. just feel like that was... It was a mistake, I think, in showing Snake Eyes and showing Destro yeah. so early on and then for so so long afterwards, I think it was a mistake. Larry also changes his character a little bit in, in terms of his syntax, the way he speaks and his syntax, because he, a few pages later, he's hooked up with Metalhead, who, as it turns out, was a Destro guy. I, Iron Grenadier, yeah. Uh, spying in, in the Cobra ranks, wasn't he? Yeah. And then Destro... They're talking about, you know, Cobra stuff, whatever, and Metalhead saying, oh, remember he, Cobra Commander attacked you before, and Destro saying, oh, that used to be, that was not Cobra Commander, that was Fred. And then Destro's like, as I remember it, he was totally under the thrall of that wretched Dr. Mindbender. We gave him quite a thrashing, too. Yeah. And it does, that's just not how Destro talks. I know, it's, I know what you, you mean. Know, it's almost like he's made him more sort of lordly. Yeah. And more... I don't know, upper crusty. Totally. No, I, I, I get that vibe 100%. Also, if anyone didn't know, that was a paralyzer tank in the first Blimin. Oh, right, with a, with a shovel on the front. <laughs> with the shovel on the front. I'm kind of looking at it there and, okay, I know what's going on here. And also, if you look at that building with the pipes coming out of it, that, to me, screams the brainwave scanner that we saw at Millville. Yes, yes. Where they've got the pipes running into the building. Yep. And... You only ever see it that style when they're dealing with a brainwave scanner, and I always thought, oh, that's you know, they're kind of giving you these little clues uh, yep. beforehand. And even the on the next page, the vehicle drives over one of those pipes, and they're like, it's some sort of electrical cable leading off into those uh, large trailers. And yeah. this is where we get a new character kind of introduced. Oh well, we'll we'll get into this, but is is it McKeith? McKeith, he's a gamekeeper who um, Destro has hired to, to oh, look after the game. Oh, is he? 
<laughs> yeah, nice. But we get the introduction, as you said before, um, shortly yeah. afterwards, of Big Ben and also Flint and Low Light in his version two get up. When With I beard. first saw that panel of him at the the bottom of the panel, I thought, "Oh, Breaker's back." And then I thought, yeah. "Hang on, how can Breaker be back?" And then it wasn't yeah, until like, uh, and I'm talking. I'm not talking about the first time I read it yesterday. I mean, the t- the first time I read it years ago, yeah. I thought it was Breaker. Yeah. So like, we again, they're getting in their new toys and and what have you. Yeah. And what I love about Big Ben, and yeah, you yeah. go for it about his voice because you were talking. No, about I was just I was just going to say we get some the couple of classics. We get our ear summits coming, and the next page we get blimey. Have we got hobgoblins and wraiths a prow in the islands? <laughs> they really are. And when are. I say islands, he means highlands. They really are playing it up, aren't they? The funny thing is, he the the figure, it was a US release in 91 originally on G.I. Joe, a Real American Hero card. And he, on his file card, is from Burford, England, which is between Oxford and Gloucester in the UK, kind of over towards, close to Wales in that sense. And you kind of think... Would he speak like that? Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure yeah, what no. the Burford accent is. It's not that. I know that's more like Dick. You're right, Dick Van Dyke, yeah. like Cockney. Cockney. Yeah, like fake Cockney, isn't it? Anyway, let's move it along. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. But you just br- briefly will say that Zartan and Billy show up, and the Joes spot them, and they're going to Destro because they're kind of freewheeling. They're, they're on their own, but they're going to Destro because they consider him to be the most moralistic of all the people associated with cobra so they think they could he what, what's the, i don't know what their actual game plan is but they're like he can help us it's it's a bit loose again isn't it but a couple of things on this as well we do get a first viewings again of the new general hawk before that sorry we get uh, of course i forgot zartan turns into a werewolf that's where you get the obgoblins line yes. isn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course yeah, yeah but yeah what is hawk doing here a because he shouldn't be a man on the ground. And what is that stupid uniform he's got? So Hawk was re-released again around that 91 time in this really cool garb. It's like it's, it's almost like a flight suit with a helmet. It, and he is it gets cool? Yeah. And he okay. and he gets like a blooming rocket pack kind of like gliding like winged rocket pack that he comes with as well. Okay. It's an amazing figure. Honestly, you'll you'd love it. They don't like his head sculpt slightly different. He's got like one of those almost like very old fashioned leather headgear type things where the hair is exposed at the top and his face is exposed and it looks amazing it's a really good figure design trust me i'll send you uh, images of that for the tweet tweeter but also uh, snake eyes version 4 version 3 in the uk jumps out of the tomahawk as well but he's still got his trench knives on his chest so he's got like he's like a mixture of his new version and the version that he just you know they're, sl- they're slightly kind of easing out of the picture okay i, d- I don't know the figures so you will after looks, chris talks toys it, it just <laughs> looks like a different different uniform than our previously so i i'm not too bothered either way about how he looks other than i don't particularly like it I know it's your favourite version of him. Well, yeah, he's not drawn amazingly well in this issue for that get-up, but I will, uh, yeah, I'll show you. The figure's amazing, like, right. yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Then we get a full-on uh, Cobra Commander reveals his plan, and it was that uh, that old, whatever it was, the people's home, the, 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 the housing development was, as everyone knew apart from Destro, you know, a ruse, and it was, like you say, the paralyzer tanks and the hurricanes. The hurricanes look cool, but again, like you said, you've nailed it. They do. They look like a Joe vehicle, not a yeah, Cobra yeah, vehicle. Big time. Just the styling of it. So they attack. Yeah, they massive attack. attack. Destro knew something was up. He's got his razorbacks on it. Uh, he's got the. He's 
He's like, oh yes, that's why I put the battle togs out, whatever. So they get dressed. But what they don't know is that Cobra Commander has tunnelled under Castle Destro. Now, I don't know how Destro knew that because when the Razorbacks start blowing up all these houses and they find out they're empty or filled with dirt and they find one of them is the brainwave scanner, Destro says the houses were only built as hollow shells to hold the dirt excavated by the tunnelling operation. The assault is not meant to take the castle. It is simply meant to ensure that all, within, all the defenders are within the castle walls. Cobra Commander has tunnelled under the walls and set explosive charges. I know, How's he know that. He's How's assumed he know that? a lot in a short period of time. He just saw that one building blow up with them <laughs> yeah. running out of a tunnel and is like yeah. literally... And also, he's seen the brainwave scan has been exposed. So he's he's really assumed a lot of things. He assumes that the reason... Because they did a lot of security checks on the people that were working at the housing estate and they all checked out the reason being they're all brainwave scanned to think they were doing something else so it's oh yeah not... he did he did like lie detector tests on them yeah. and all that kind of stuff didn't he yeah yeah so like no matter what he did you know cobra commander was a step ahead in that sense but then when this happens it's like you're right he's put a lot together i mean that would take one hell of a bit of detective work and then to yeah. just assume the fact oh they must have tunneled underneath but how does he not know they've tunneled underneath and they're going to break through inside you know and just take everyone hostage yeah why would he know about the explosives in any case they blow up castle destro but destro (laughs) destro baroness and mcheath escape on a razorback and mcheath actually turns out to be lady J. no chuckles mother chuckles mother chuckles i like chuckles yeah and I, um, I, I love the fact that when we do when we do anything with chuckles your instant reaction is i like chuckles and yeah, it's every time he's right he's brilliant and i love the thought of him being an undercover agent and just being like he's like the joe zartan but without the fancy yeah. uh effect and then you get yeah just big and why is he smiling at the bottom of that page i've gone a couple of pages their razorback gets blown up at the top of the page cobra commander that knocked out their vehicle finish them off and the last panel chuckles is smiling i know because he knows he knows the tomahawk yeah here comes the tomahawk he's acing the hole yeah cobra commander steals some sort of rocket launcher off of a heat viper yep fires it straight up the that for um, so long tomahawk for so long i thought the heat vipers were flamethrower troopers even right. though I'd read the file card before and, and all that kind of stuff, it's high explosive anti-tank is what they stand for. Yep. And they've, they've even got little rockets on their ankles that clip on their ankles, the figures. And like flamethrower. And I'm like, yeah, it's clearly a flamethrower. Like, what is my problem, honestly? <laughs> no, just a chump. So then Correct. This, this action is hard and fast here because stuff is getting, stuff is getting blown up, uh, guns are going off, choppers are going down, choppers are going up. Um, another chopper arrives on the scene. This one has got uh, Billy and Zartan in. They're now attempting a rescue of Destro, Baroness and Chuckles. They all safely get on the chopper, except the Baroness who gets shot. Destro's going to leap out to save her, but Billy goes all... Bow, 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 nerve death pinch thing bit vulcan and, um, bit of vulcan death pinch oh that actually is the arashikage death touch except he says modification obviously otherwise he'd be dead he'll be out for an hour he's done the one hour death touch <laughs> um, uh, and that is the end of the issue cobra commander's he can actually now do his gloating that he was so wanted to do at the beginning of the issue he can now do it because he has the baroness destro's one true love and thus we have the means of inflicting pain and suffering on him through a beloved proxy what a cliffhanger and then in the end of my issue 
here. I've actually got a pinup of Roadblock. Nice. I think it's Tony Salmon's, possibly. I'm not sure. It's like a two-page file card, two page, two pages of, of history on Roadblock. Leaping like a Tony Salmon's. Leaping like a Tony Salmon's, uh, which leads us into issue 117, where things kick up a gear. Essence la aviation. I love that, by the way, on the, on the, the opening. Uh, yeah, yeah. The opening kind of splash panel one page splash panel so the aspid is hovering over this train because it's running out of fuel only one of them can fly the helicopter zartan and the only other person that can fly a helicopter uh, is destro so they wake him up explain to him that hey we need to get this fuel sorted but we need someone to hold us in position so he does that zartan jumps off pumps essence la aviation directly out of the tanker just to keep them going for a little bit further and then we go back to the joes i've got an advert here for spider-man on the sega genesis can you name the seven villains pictured in this video game okay so it's gonna be shocker no oh god right kingpin yeah it's not i'm surprised it's not the uh the usual crew then it's not the sinister six no there are some members of the sinister six but okay venom one Venom, yeah, that's two. Carnage. No, too early. For that I should, yeah, I should have, I should have uh, held my horses on that one. So we've got Kingo. We've yeah. got Venom. Venomo. I guess, and they're all villains, right? They're all villains, yeah. Garoctopus. Yep. Okay. Rhino. Incorrect. Oh. Hobgoblin. Yes. Correct. Okay. I'm gonna say Hobgoblin and not the other one. Am I correct? Green Goblin. Yes. Yeah, no Green Goblin. Oh, good. I, well, I, just, I just didn't want to waste Correct another... Correct, in your non-guess. Okay, good. Yeah, you've got three more. Uh, what's... Is it Scorpion? Is that his no. name? No. Okay. Put me out of my misery for the last three. There is one animal. Not a Scorpion, but it is an animal. In the later issues of Spider-Man, he ate a boy. I think he ate his own boy. Lizard. Yep. Okay. Two more. They both wear green. One wears green and yellow. Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie yep. Fox. Um, yep. Oh, yep. Sh- um, what the f- is his name? Electro. Yeah. Yes. And the other one was, I think he was in a movie as well. Yeah, he was in a movie. He's got a green top <laughs> and reddish brown pants, as in, I mean, oh, trousers uh, now. Yeah, Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, but, Jesus, I'm glad that segment's over. Sorry. What's worse, basketball players or Chris naming Spider-Man bad guys? You tell us. Write in and tell us. So what's happening here? I forgot where we are. Oh, yeah, basically Lady J has said Cobra Commander's proper in it now because Destro's not going to stop until one of them is put out of their misery, effectively. So Cobra Commander's going to have to go the whole hog, which is where he then puts out this communique to the, the, under, the whole underworld to say... I think the Viper says, you are now transmitting to all Cobra stations, Cobra Commander. He wants him, yeah, dead for 20 million in cash, of all things. Bit Dr. Evil, that. Gentlemen, it's come to my attention that a breakaway Russian Republic, Kreplakistan, is about to transfer a nuclear warhead to the United Nations in a few days. Here's the plan. We get the warhead, and we hold the world ransom for... One million dollars. Also, you get to see uh, General Hawk's proper headgear now. We do, yes. Yeah. Still looks <laughs> Right. So then, 
as much pantomime villainry as Cobra Commander's been doing, he gives Baroness a proper Mike Tyson right uppercut and then a kick to the gut. Yeah, he is he is not holding back, is he? He is full-on evil here. I think he will get his comeuppance, maybe. Not sure. Have you ever seen the 90s G.I. Joe commercials from the US before? No. Watch them. They're amazing. That It's that style Cobra Commander and everything is like really poor cosplay and amazing wobbly backgrounds but it's brilliant like it's so much fun yeah try and try and watch those because it's that version of cobra commander that kind okay. of uh, ridiculous version cool. well a version of you know right. a lot of funny bits here where the communique's gone out to put the price on destro's head and the one i like is in beirut where there's a couple of bad guys up in a broken down shanty town townhouse and a brick comes through with a poster attached to it. It's a grenade! Yeah, no, it's just a, a wanted poster of Deso. So someone was just cycling past, like a paperboy. Maybe that could be the new game, Paperboy 3, where you cycle past buildings and chuck bricks through them. <laughs> Look what it says on the poster. Destro wanted dead. Dead but, money. There's no yeah. or alive on there. Yeah. It's changed completely. Yeah, he does not want him alive anymore, dead. I love the Night Creepers as well. Like, the, I just, they're so... I don't like the fact that they're so easily dispatched, but I just love their look and like the post the potential for yep. them to be a really cool bad guy. And I feel like that it never really they never really got off the ground in the comics because they'd always just be instantly dispatched. Yeah, I'm going to jump forward actually to the next issue for more Night Creepers because they've taken the case on, and we'll talk about you know where they try assault and destro but at the end of the storyline they're back in there in zurich in their head office and there's a line here which says this meeting of the night creeper high command is hereby called to order has everybody got their coffee and one guy says pass the chemical sweetener amazing <laughs> amazing yeah it is cute i also like i like the the fact they introduced ninja force in uh, the previous issue as well like they yep. we've got nunchuck chibang and uh, dojo that are kind of introduced they're introduced in a very gi joe style aren't they yeah kind of like a larry yeah. Harmer style training with storm shadow but you don't know they're training with storm shadow initially yep. you think they're all like bad guys that are gonna fight him and lots of exposition telling you who they are what they're doing another funny bit during that fight scene there's a brief there's a beep beep and uh, everyone pauses while Storm Shadow answers his phone. <laughs> which is, I think, a really, really cool bit. Excuse me, hello? Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. all just, oh, okay. Brilliant. Yeah, then they all go. So, nice bit of Ninja Force stuff there. You get a big showdown. Destro, Chuckles, Zartan and Billy, they're in France, aren't they? And in Marseille. They get on a boat. Big, Or oh, they lead two rival gangs to each other. Yeah. Who then yeah. try to take each other out. They escape on a boat. But the Night Creepers are wise to their shenanigans. I want that helicopter as well. I really oh, yeah, need that quality. custom made into some sort of Night Creeper helicopter. Because I, how cool would it be to have like Night Creeper logos on it and maybe in that kind of camouflage? It'd be so cool. Yeah. Snake Eyes. Why is Snake Eyes in Beirut? He's been sent on the trail of Destro Chuckles, etc. Can't remember yeah. why. Just to tell them that G.I. Joe are going to help them or something. Anyway, he's holed up in a hotel room and he's got his, his sword with holes in it and his, his trench knives, etc. And he is he gets assaulted at the beginning of the next episode. And there's a it's again, it's another bit of exposition that I don't really like because he knocked everyone out with the flat of his blade rather than killing them. And she's explaining it all. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't if she's an agent, not an agent of Cobra, but a bad person out to get him. She's like, um, perhaps Cobra Commander wasn't quite telling the whole truth about the renegade Cobras he put a reward out on. Yeah, because obviously, she, does she think he's 
Destro then? From what I can gather, they are on the lookout, but our informant was certain that the guest registered in room 23 is Mr. Hebaim is really a joke called Snake Eyes. So, yeah, so what's she they talking know about it's the Snake renegade Eyes. cobras? I'm guessing that she, like, she's referring to the fact oh. that they're that, uh, about Destro, but like he... Oh yeah, because the next panel, she actually says, he said that Destro is being aided by the G.I. Joe team. He said that if he, we captured a Joe, we might be able to make him talk. Yeah, um, there you go. There must be something in that previous conversation between the Joes that explains why Snake Eyes is sent to Beirut, which I will just check on. And while you're doing that, I've got a profile in the back of the previous issue of Firefly. And this is Firefly, who he, he was last seen being pushed into the freighter. Yeah. And this is... A version of Flyfly that we've never seen before. He's in a green. Obviously, he crops up in the comic in a few issues' time. But at the moment, this profile dropped. We've only ever seen Firefly in his kind of grey camo. He looks badass. So this was weird for me because I wasn't collecting the toys. I'm flicking over and I'm like, wait a minute. When did Firefly get this outfit? It looks like it's something out of Death's Head, doesn't it? It's just yeah. gorgeous. Artwork. Yeah, it's, it's a nice looking, nice looking outfit. But anyway, I'll post that picture up. He looks so co- much cooler like that than he does in the toy version that came out of him right yeah so back to the storyline the joes have duped the nightcrawlers by hiding in the fridge on board this ship they've escaped on because none of the nightcrawlers the nightcrawlers night creepers their technology is all based on heat imaging etc and sound and they weren't able to tell they were there but they haven't really escaped because they when they do come out they crash into the pier which kind of alerts everyone to their and the ninja force also join up forces so coming back to that snake eyes issue by the way yep. they just want to drop our, they say we're going to drop our ninjas into the fray and that's where they look at snake eyes so he's just being implemented he's he's just being like put out there to cause uh, disruption in that tracking down of Destro, etc., etc., etc. He calls Storm Shadow from Beirut, and it's like, this is the overseas operator, will accept a collect call from a Mr. Hebaim, which is like Snake Eyes in Chinese or something. Japanese, yeah. Jap- apologies, I didn't actually get to that part yet. And he kind of does like a Morse code thing. That's right. And it says, the dots and dashes when written out and piled on top of each other equal the hexagram that is the sign of the Arashikagi clan it is a summons in order to take the section of their first field mission to Beirut so they're going to go to Beirut but again there's no real explanation at any point as to why Beirut I mean that's not where these guys were they were in blooming France France weren't they so I yeah, yeah. I, I don't really get that it's almost like unless someone can tell us why that's happening I just don't really get that string of events yeah and i've now got the baroness strapped into the brainwave scanner yes and i always love any brainwave scanner scenes i think they're really cool and this is where cobra commander says an amazing machine the brainwave scanner it records memories and creates a graphic representation of them on a three-dimensional matrix a complex of memories constitutes an endless maze intersected by cross-references and littered with trivia halls full of displays from the past through which the ego stumbles but the ego is not in control here ego so he's kind of suggesting it is a computer program yeah but when previously when we saw the dreadnoughts kind of wheeling that that submarine across that big cardboard submarine makes me think that at that point in time it maybe was a mixture yeah but he's just trashing all her past and stuff so what's his gut he wants destro dead but if he kills the baroness or or crushes her mind in any way then that's his leverage gone. So I, Yeah, but he's just doing that for he's sadistic. fun, isn't he? He's a sadistic. Yeah. 
bastard. And yeah, and like the Destro doesn't know her brain's mush. Yeah, he, no. he won't, and he won't know that until they get close quarters. Yep. And then we get another introduction of a of a well, not an introduction actually. We get to see reintroduction, a reintroduction of Rashid. Yeah, he was cool. That was a cool storyline. That's the one where he's in the desert with Dusty and Dialtone. And he's very dismissive of Dialtone because he's like, I'm a warrior and you're just a man with a computer. And Mainframe, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, Mainframe, not Dialtone, yeah. Yeah, Dusty and Mainframe it was. Dusty and it? Mainframe, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And then at the end of the story, he realises that Mainframe was the main dude who made the mission successful. So now he yeah. himself has dedicated his life to the god of the computer. <laughs> I like his Texas Instruments t-shirt as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, nice. Ripped sleeves. And so Destro wants to use this youth in his plan to infiltrate the night creeper base because he needs a man he needs a man or in this case a kid with high level of technological ability does the kid smash you the window or is it just destro and the joes just looking because they're all on like good shout they're all on gliders which they have no idea if these gliders are going to work when just jettisoned out of the back of the c-130 so let's give it a try why not they happen to be okay. Oh, Rashid's and hanging from Destro's one, He's hanging he? from Destro, and Destro is smashing through. So, yes, Rashid has gone through plate glass window as well. That seems really dangerous for a non-ninja. Yeah. And yet, there you've got, like, Chuckles doing it, and you've although he's a soldier, like, he's all right. He can do that kind of These night creepers have been sneakily behind a big cobra's back, checking into his Swiss bank accounts just to see what how much money Cobra Commander's got, etc. And that will come back to haunt them in the last panel of this comic. <laughs> the last panel as well. It's not even like... It's it's just amazing that like, this little battle is... like You think there's so much going on. There's so many things, so many like loose ends going on at this particular point in time. And it's all ended in one single panel... Where, or one page where you talk, where you've got like Destro is basically flexing, you know, on Cobra Commander, saying, "I just removed this amount of money from one of your accounts, and I'm going to keep doing it until you, you know, until you release the Baroness." And yep. he's like, "But you don't have any sway in this game or whatever." And then he says, "Well, actually, I do." So yeah, he thre- he's threatened Cobra Commander that he's going to do it unless he releases the Baroness. He's like, "Okay, fine." And then the Night Creeper's like, "Well, how are you getting out of here?" He's like, "I plan to walk out peacefully." And that's yeah. where he says, while Bill's circling in his, uh, in you know, and he's gonna in the C one thirty, and he's gonna broadcast to Cobra Commander the exact details of your penetration of his banking files. If we don't give him the proper all clear code, how would you like Cobra Commander to know that? And I was about to turn the page for the next part of the story, and in the bottom right, just says the end, and that's it. I know. <laughs> amazing, amazing, because he's he's wiped out ten million of Cobra's money, hasn't he? Mm. And he's going to do it for every subsequent uh, bank account. That's right, yeah. So Cobra Commander's happy to kind of go, okay, fine, and like let it all go. And then they're there with the Night Creepers ready to fight again. And he's like, well, no, I'm, we're just going to walk out, mate. Yeah, see ya. There's a cool, I really like the pa- uh, panel two pages back where Destro's firing a gun, blam. In the background, Zartan's gone full on professional wrestler. He's got a Night Creeper hoisted above his head <laughs> in a press slam manoeuvre. I mean, yeah. whoever does that in an actual fight, just lift, press, slam the guy above his head. Zartan as well, it. yeah. Zartan, yeah, amazing. I love the fact you've got Who's Snake Eyes. Who's most akin to being a professional wrestler in his kind of gimmick, yeah. I love in the top right-hand corner of that page, you've got Snake Eyes doing the most random flip <laughs> as well, upside down, and everyone else underneath, like Chuckles punching a Night Creeper, Dojo strangling one, and then these like ninja stars, like Shuriken zipping by Snake Eyes as he's doing this yeah. like crazy backflip. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. There's and then a more kind of pantomime villainy from Cobra Commander or reactions. Where on the last page, 
The Televibe has gone. It's true. I just checked with Zurich. Account 342 has been cleaned out. And Cobra Command's reaction, what? That was my phony pension plan. <laughs> You're a fiend, Destro. A fiend. Amazing. So, yeah. At the end here, I've got a spirit profile, which is nice. I haven't seen that dude in a while. No, he's been... Yeah, it's been a while. What? What's your thoughts here? What, overall? Yeah, what's your yo Joage? I enjoyed it. It's is a fun read. It was exciting. There are huge plot holes. There are loose elements of it that, you know, you just have to kind of accept, you know, a bit of um suspension of disbelief. Yep. Sometimes the writing is a little bit lazy, but sometimes it's just absolutely brilliant. I like the art. It was fun again and bright and vibrant. They introduce a lot of new characters. They get a lot of the toys kind of on show. Paralyzers, hurricanes, as you mentioned, they they have seen use previously, but you know, not probably not as as intensive as they were in using these these issues. We get you know new versions of Cobra Commander low light we get big ben introduced we get snake eyes version four his gear version three in the uk general hawk his version three get up and also uh the crimson guard immortals i mean there's a lot on and then ninja force so everything is like shoveled in there and as you said in that profile we get to see a new firefly as well so that's pretty pretty cool now uh interestingly enough the cobra commander figure then they had this something i didn't mention at the beginning but they had this like you could take the far- the mask off basically you could you could see a faint face underneath it and it wasn't like a comfortable removal you'd probably break something if you tried to remove it but it it was like glue pe- glued in with pegs so it wasn't super secure so if you gave it over enough time you could probably like you know get it off off there and underneath you saw cobra commander's face it was okay. the first time they did it in an action figure i believe for cobra commander and that particular aspect, it was funny. Like the face, I'll show, I'll send you a picture of the face. It's ridiculous. Like it, it was actually based on Bill Young, and I don't think it looks anything like Bill Young, who was the, he was like a Hasbro employee at the time, and I don't think it looks anything like him really. They really exaggerated all like his his eyebrows and his facial features so that you could see it through this mask, uh, or see it very faintly through the mask. And it, I just found that really interesting. Like it was one of the, like I said, one of the first times that Cobra Commander's face had been seen, and for it to be that, it was just a bit like wow. And it reminded me. Do you remember the Inspector Gadget toys at all? No. Inspector Gadget. They re- they released a claw figure. Now the claw was never seen on on TV. You never saw his face. You only ever saw his hand. Right. Do you remember the yeah, Inspector yeah. Gadget cartoon? Yeah. I'll get you, Gadget. Next time. Next time, Gadget. I promise I'll get you. Next time. And the actual figure revealed his face. And I will send you that as well, because it is absolutely hilarious. But the actual figure on card had a sticker in front of the face, so you couldn't actually see it on card. You'd have to buy it open it, take it out, and then see it face, like, you know, face to face. So it was a really cool thing. It reminded me of that a little bit, but obviously they never expect or they never wanted the face to be seen. It was always just going to be hidden under this, uh, under this mask. But obviously you can take it off. In any case, in uh, in terms of Yojo rating, I'm going to say a low seven. Low seven, I am the same. Right. Now it's time for Chris Talks Toys. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. 
Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Which I kind of just did a second ago. I've been talking <laughs> toys the whole time on this uh, episode, as I always tend to do. And I'm going to do a version of a figure that you don't didn't like in this issue, but I love this figure. And that is Snake Eyes version 4 in the US and version 3 in the UK. Came out in 1991 in the United States and 92 in the UK. And obviously, you know, a Real American Hero card in the US and a G.I. Joe, by the time 92 came around, just a G.I. Joe, flat G.I. Joe carded, kind of Euro card version 3. Now, he was pretty prominent in the Deke cartoon. I'm not sure if we get much more of him looking like this. Once we start getting into Ninja Force, he switches costumes again, because my goodness, this guy changes costumes more than Lady Gaga does. We get a little bit of this this costume, but not much. And I absolutely adore this figure for a couple of reasons. One, this is the one figure I can't remember if I got in the US or the UK because I know it came out in both places. We went to the States again in 92 and I think I got it there in the States, but it was out in the UK. In any case, irrelevant. But I absolutely love this figure from the moment I saw it. I thought it was such a cool upgrade to the Snake Eyes character so different than what we'd had previously you know every every other iteration he'd been on all black he'd been very much a stealthy type figure and then all of a sudden we get this new kind of design where we have you know like a completely new deco there's black in there but it's not predominant necessarily you've got this gray web gear which goes over the chest which kind of is like this light gray almost like you know almost white kind of web gear he's got this blue undershirt very much like form-fitting undergarment he's got these black pants and he's got these like blue lower leg pieces which i suppose act like kind of boots but then he's got these black feet so they're almost like just like a design in the trouser <laughs> area i always thought and then these black gloves over the top but they are and the mask the helmet is completely different like he's got the He's got the face mask kind of lower part, which is like the the slats in it, like the, almost like the breathing holes. And then he's got these like red and blue goggles and like a again like a black like under mask kind of thing going on. So the the look is almost like paintball snake eyes. He just looks so interesting and different and cool. And the card art as well for me was one of those ones that that sold it. He looks again completely different in style and in like the pose is really cool he's like not his body's kind of like almost pointing on on his right to our left but then he's looking back over his shoulder a little bit uh to the to his left or our right as we look at it and it's just really cool he came with uh some weird accessories in a sense because this was like during the era of massive missile launches and so on but they gave him and i think this is quite inspired a backpack missile launcher with a grappling hook and rope attached to both pieces so you could fire a grappling hook to a thing and you climb up it so there was a lot of play value in this toy uh he also came with two red swords and a red machine gun with a long barrel uh and obviously his figure stand and again like really really cool design amazing looking character and such a cool upgrade to the figure his file card was the same on both the US and the UK versions codename snake eyes commando file name classified serial number classified grade E7 birthplace classified primary specialty infantry secondary specialty hand to hand combat instructor 
Snake Eyes honed his combat skills as a long-range recon patrol trooper in Southeast Asia and perfected his mystical martial arts techniques with the same ninja clan that produced Storm Shadow. Although he is an equally adept with submachine guns as he is with swords, Snake Eyes is most dangerous and unpredictable when he's armed and cornered. When Hawk went to Snake Eyes' cabin to recruit him for duty with G.I. Joe, the silent ninja was out hunting rabbits. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Barehanded hunting wabbits. He's generally regarded as the primo baddest dude of the G.I. Joes. When we need somebody to sneak up on a Class A major bad guy and pop a can of butt kick on him, Snake Eyes is the man for the job. The bad guy could be in a fortress on top of a sheer cliff, but that won't bother old Snake Eyes none. He'd just whip out his handy grappling hook missile and use it to shimmy his way up the cliff face until he cornered the culprit, threw him down and took his name. A couple more things to finish. This version of Snake Eyes was also released as a 12-inch figure in the 1992 US Hall of Fame. And obviously the UK, I think it came out the same year in actual fact. And that was, a, again, I saw that figure and thought, oh my God, I wanted it. So so to see it in those two versions, I was just like, you know, I, I think it was more like a this is a really cool figure based on the fact that he's out in two different versions. This version of Snake Eyes was seen a lot in the D arcade game by Konami in 92 as well, which is amazing, that kind of... It's almost like a perspective, like you're moving forward all the time and you can move left and right and fire as the screen comes towards you and you're shooting bad guys. And it was packed full of amazing characters again. And it was, yeah, just a brilliant computer game. In any case, that's Snake Eyes, 1991 US version 4, 92 version 3 UK. Fantastic. And when you say Konami, you mean Konami, like every normal person says it. I always said Konami. I've always said that. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's right. I'm just saying I'm right because I said it like differently. <laughs> anyway, after being enlightened like that every week and a tip of the cap to you, sir, after being enlightened, what we really need to do now is confuse. So it's time for British colloquialisms, aka over egg in the pudding. We got a pudding. We're going to egg it. We got a pudding. We're going to over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. And this week, uh, do you go first this week? I'm always going first. You go first. Uh, this week, it is one that I <laughs> I love this as a term. Basically, it's, it's an insult. And it's a one-word insult. And it begins with a W, and it's not what you're thinking. Okay. Basically, this popped up. I remember getting, I think it was like one of the really funny, like, UK magazines, like... Ooh. Oh, does it, I'm not going to. Does it have five letters? No, it's a seven letterer. No, I thought it was Wally. It's not Wally. So there was a a British com. Well, there were loads of British comics back in the day. Just name some for me at the top of my head, like Billy the Wiz, Wizard, and um, Wizard and Chips, Wizard and, and Chips. yeah, what's the one with the Bash Street Kids in it? Uh, Beano and the Dandy. Oh, okay, Beano and Dandy, yeah, of course. So there were loads of comics like that, and one of them came out with this, like, it was like a sticker sheet, and the sticker sheet on it had loads of funny little things on it, like, like you know, some of them had, like, a few little kiddie insults that you wouldn't have a, an issue with, and one of them was Wazzock. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wombat. No, Wazzock, and that's W-A-Z-Z-O-C-K. And Wazzock. Uh, and I've always thought it was a funny <laughs> term to use for somebody. Uh, there's another one that I'm going to use next week. It was also on this sticker sheet, which got me in loads of trouble because my dad thought it sounded a bit too much like another swear word. Right. And I thought, well, that's not fair. Like, why can't I say that word? But in any case, Wazzock is mine. And that's right. something, that, again, I don't think any Americans ever heard in their entire existence. Right. It's a good one. Start using it every day if you can. 
Um, Wazzard. My one is uh, something I heard off of another podcast when I, that I was listening to this week, and it was the term is bog standard. <laughs> That's bog yeah. standard, yeah. and uh, basically meaning just standard but what's more standard than standard something that's bog standard which hilariously doesn't mean anything does it it almost no idea it kind of means it's like the (laughs) end of a standard issue thing really doesn't it yeah Yeah. that's just bog standard like if you've got you know a load of cokes lined up a normal coke would just be the bog standard totally kind of of thing i'm gonna do that annoying thing i always do with yours and i'm gonna read you're gonna look it up Unknown, but probably derived from a corruption of box standard, under influence from bog, coarse slang for an outhouse or toilet, possibly via bog wheel, Cambridge slang for bicycle, or from bog, unsettled swampland, in reference to a lack of sophistication or polish, sometimes folk etymologised as separately deriving from bog, toilet standard, after a supposed similarity among chamber pots or toilets. Despite box standard predating it by a century, and bog's original use only in reference to latrines and outhouses, or from the unattested acronym BOG, allegedly short for British or German, referring to the supposed dominance of British and German engineering during Victorian times. Yeah, bog standard, like I said. (laughs) Um, Funny enough, there there isn't one for Wazak, unfortunately. no. Uh, but there'll be more off of Chris's old sticker sheet next week. And uh, hopefully I will use or hear one in the coming week as well. Good segment. Mm. I'll always like that one. And we close the show, as always, with... Chief Ask Chris a question. Chief Ask Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Ask Chris a question? Wazuk. Wazuk. Who is one? No. What? It's a double parter here. Goodness. It's a, it's a double ender. So... <laughs> for a packet of salt and vinegar... Or cheese and onion crisps. Are the are these flavours that are regularly in the United States? Cheese and onion, salt and vinegar? Don't know. Cheese don't. and onion, no. Anyway, don't care. Now, this is different for whichever different company in the UK. What colour do you associate with each of those flavours? Because Walker's, the yeah, biggest it's... brand in the UK, have green as salt and vinegar yeah. and blue as cheese and onion. Pretty much other every other brand yep, yep. has green as cheese and onion and blue as salt and vinegar. Where do you stand so, on that? I know exactly what you're saying, and I think that uh, even though Walkers has been the, the kind of the bog standard yeah, for yeah. many years for all Wazics, I think that as much as they kind of you know they should run the game in terms of what is coloured what, yeah. I think they made a mistake there because I think salt and vinegar does scream blue to me, correct? And cheese and onion screams green, correct? And uh, what's your favourite? What's your favourite flavour of the two? Is the second part? Oh, definitely uh, salt and vinegar. Uh, because cheese and onion, I have an issue with onions. I don't like onions oh, very much. I know. Add it I'm to sorry. the list. My list is getting I- so big of the stuff you don't like or can't have. I know. Well, onions actually, they it repeats on me in the in the kind of throat area, and I always retaste it like a week later, oh. and I find it really. I just find it gross. I've never liked raw onions. I like onions in other ways but i just don't like raw onion and cheese and onion for me is i used to love those crisps believe it or not i used to really like them but since my onion embargo (laughs) i've kind of gone off them okay all right that's fair that's fair more questions for chris next week will it be one will it be two um only i know and even i don't know yet but join us you know and only you care yeah 
Join us next week where we'll be only doing one issue. That's because we've got an award show to take care of. But anyway, join us for a recap of issue 119. I'm looking at the cover now and Snake Eyes in this version that we just talked to or Chris just talked about does look bad. He is bad. It looks really good here. Uh, Storm Shadow on the cover and Storm Shadow in a new outfit, actually. There are going to be loads of people that hate my choice of Snake Eyes version 4. Like, it is so... It, it's really divisive because I love it. I think it's bloody brilliant. Anyway, join us next week. We we're going to be doing, like I say, issue 119 because we've got to save time because we haven't had it for a while. It's time for the Golden Joes to be doled out because it's award season is upon us. We'll be ranking our favourites from the years 1989 and 1990 in the categories of favourite issue, favourite artist, favourite vehicle, favourite something else. Uh, it's then something else as well. There's categories and we were going to rank stuff and if you write us and tweet us of new categories that you want us to potentially rank them in, we might use them, we might not. But join us anyway, uh, because that's what's going down. You're right, bunch of rankers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Wazix. You can find us in the usual places. That's TalkingJoeComics at gmail.com, TalkingJoeComics on Instagram, Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, TalkingJoe at GI Joe Podcast on Facebook. And that's about it for us. But if the fine people want to get hold of you, sir, how can they do it? Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, the Full Force Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. And then Podbean iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Patreon. That's it. Uh, if you've got a bag, make sure you put those zips to the bottom and not at the top. And um, with that done and said, or said and done even, I think I'm drunk on a lychee sparkling soda. We will catch you down the road. Bye. Yeah.